You are listening to Crosstalk. A safe place to discuss addiction, recovery, harm reduction, and everything in between. Support for this podcast comes from the Kentucky Opioid Response Effort and Advocates of Recovery. Content and production by the team at Turning Point Recovery Community Center. Now, buckle up and get ready for the show. <laughs> right. Oh, well. <laughs> welcome to Crosstalk Recovery, everybody. We are a recovery podcast that supports all forms of recovery, whether it be AA, NA, CA, Smart Recovery, MARA, DTR, YPR, CR, um, any of them. We support them all. We will dive into topics and tools related to all these programs and have a cast of characters on here, from ranging from Turning Point staff to special guests on here to tell their story and discuss different topics, uh, promote recovery-related events and happenings, and to give experience strength and hope based on their experience in addiction and recovery. We plan to have fun and laugh while realizing the seriousness of this disease and the truth about the struggle to succeed and live a happy, healthy life. Uh, my name's Matt Lewis. Uh, Sam Peterson. Nathan Brockett. Yep, glad you guys are here with me. Um, today we're going to talk a little bit about rock bottom. Mm. And I don't mean your recovery goals, Sam. I mean, or, <laughs> I mean gym goals. Well, it's better than your bowling goals. Yeah. That's what I figured we were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Just like your score. Exactly. Leave me out of that one. It's, it's getting better. I mean, it fluctuates. And if Nathan ever comes bowling with us, we'll see what he's made of. Yes, that's coming. Don't worry. No, but rock bottom, man. Uh, you know, honestly, rock bottom, for me, I had what I considered several rock bottoms. And for a while, they were, I just looked at them as speed bumps, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or I would break out the jackhammer and find another rock bottom. Um, and I think there's different kinds of rock bottoms. You know, I've had... Physical rock bottoms, like the time I fell off a roof and impaled my leg on New Year's Eve and, you know, <laughs> spent six months having to use the restroom like that. And, nice. you know. You know, and my thing is, you know, I, I thought I hit it several times. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, I went to jail, so yeah. this is it. Or, oh, I've, <laughs> I went to jail again. It can't get I, that much worse. <laughs> I mean, I have to go to rehab, you know. But I've been kicked out of the house. I yeah. mean, you know, I mean. And some of those are rock bottom for some people. Yeah. You know, mine was uh, much worse. You know, I had to keep keep going and getting the education, as we like to call mm-hmm. it out there, that uh, I was truly an addict. But right. I mean, it's it's whatever you make out of it. I don't. For me, I feel like I've I've went back out so many times that the only rock bottom I have left is when I lose my life to yeah. this disease. Yeah, you know, I definitely agree. I've been to institutions. I've been to jails. I mean, that's pretty much all I have left. So it's a pretty good motivator for me today not to go back out there. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's like it's almost a different perspective now. Like you said, the the next time might be death. So we're the lucky ones that get to do the rehab. They get to even get to go to jail. Mm -hmm. You know, so in reality, at least we're not getting buried. There's always another chance as long as we got breath in our lungs, you know. And I mean, they talk about recovery being the point of where you want to stop or want to stop digging is rock bottom when, when you say yeah. So, yeah. I mean, one of my favorite quotes that we have on the wall in there is yes. uh, J.K. Rowling quote that says, rock bottom is a solid foundation on which I rebuilt my life. Mm-hmm. And I think my ultimate rock, rock bottom that, like, got me to actually do something different was, was a spiritual rock bottom, you know, when I was just completely spiritually dead, hopeless, 
depressed, you know, didn't want to live anymore. That's what it took for me. Like I said, jails, institutions, they didn't, they didn't do it. You know, I, I got used to that actually, you know, I do it so many times. It's just like, Oh, here we go again. You know, um, I can take a nap, but you know, for me, it was just like that hopelessness and, you know, finally I had to decide, do I want to live or do I want to die? You know? And when you get to that point, you know, rock bottom, you can be also used as a springboard to to propel you to do something different. And like today I'm happier than I've ever been. And that's only because I've started putting forth the effort and the the action and the effort to, to change things. You know what I mean? I don't want to, when I went to treatment this, this last time, uh, it was. I started out at the Fuller Center. I got there and I was coming off of, I was coming off meth and heroin. You know, I was in horrible shape. I couldn't keep food down. I mean, I was just sick. Yeah. You know, and uh, they sent me to the hospital because they thought, you know, I had to get medically cleared to even be in in the rehab. And then they stuck me in a detox room. And I'm, I was sitting there and I was just looking at the mirror and I was <clears> like, all right, you either have to do this, or you might as well just go out there and end it. You know, yeah. that's where I, I mean, cause I was just yeah. sick. You know, I mean. I had had I could have stayed out there and stayed using, but I mean it was just so miserable. Yes, that I, none of it was fun. Um, it became more of a necessity, I guess, than 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 you know even a. I mean, just trying to go through that process of just trying to forget and all those things, and it just it was a dark place, and uh, that's what it took for me. And I've seen other people not have to go to those extents, right, and. Uh, I'm glad for them. Right. You know, um, I know in, in in the big book it has it has they quit. Just it, I can't forget, but there's two sections. One's where they quit early, and one's where they quit late. Mm-hmm. And uh, I definitely had to go to the late section. I guess you know, lost, sure, right. ne- lost nearly all. I think is the the, yeah. the stories in the back, and uh, it's just when I think about it, I'm like, you know, what. <laughs> how bad it was and then I think about how great it is today Man. and it's only been like two years you know <laughs> and uh, I'm so grateful that I don't have to live like that anymore but that's my bottom right. somebody else's bottom might be something else mm-hmm. I've, yeah uh, I know that that's the thing you can't you can't decide when someone else is at the rock bottom they have to decide for themselves you know you, can, you can't want it more for someone than they want it for themselves uh, as much as I want people to to get what I have, I know that sometimes I have to, like, I, I have friends who I'm like, I, I have to pray, actually, that they hit their rock bottom to right. get to the point of when they're ready to change because I'm not going to go in there and try to preach at them or try to tell them what this is what you need to do. I know that until they hit that point in their life where they're ready, when they're sick and tired of being sick and tired, as they say, uh, then they're not going to make that change. Yeah. That's discouraging, too, because especially after the things that I just like you talk about, that despair is the word that comes to my mind. Like, after after going through the motions, getting knocked back down, barely coming out alive sometimes and seeing these people that, you know, we've been there, and they're heading that direction themselves, and you can't just, like, snatch them, just grab them away. And that, that's probably a big part of what, you know, it hurts me. Like, it's almost to where I can't separate that, but that's, that's, that's just me because I just don't want yeah. – and that's why I do what I do is because I don't want people to feel how I feel. You know. Yeah, I've seen you struggle with that yeah. something, you know, trying, <laughs> trying so yeah. much, caring. You know, I mean, I don't think it's such a thing as caring too much, but investing yeah. too much to where you're affected by it, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what they talk about with, I think, 
uh, they talk about a selfish program. We have to not let other people affect what we're doing, you know? You know, if you've been down this road of addiction, you know how things are going to end a lot of times. And you see that for other people. You're like, Mm -hmm. oh, man, I've done that. I've been there. But you can only give them your experiences. It's it's only – nobody could tell me nothing either. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I wasn't listening to anybody most of my life. You know, it took me – 30 years out there to even try to do something about it because I kept, like I said, they were just speed bumps. There was things I thought I could handle. I would bounce back just enough from it to where I thought I was going to pull it off this time. And I wasn't taking anybody's advice or taking anybody's suggestions. Uh, I had to learn everything the hard way. And I hate that some people have to do that. You know, now, today, I try to learn from other people's mistakes. <laughs> you know, and uh, but it took me a long time to get to that point. When I see these young guys in recovery... <laughs> I really am impressed when they're actually giving it right. a shot and trying to take advantage of the opportunity because there's you don't see that. And I know it wouldn't have been me when I was their age. Um, you know, so that always, it's always an encouragement to see that it's possible to get it this young. And maybe they've had enough pain by then, but I know for me, I had. <laughs> I know when I was 22, I ended up in ICU over a – I took a pill. It was supposed to be something. It ended up being something else. I had an allergic reaction, ended up mm-hmm. in the hospital. And the uh, the nurse was like, you know, have, have you thought about checking yourself into treatment for your drug problem? <laughs> and I remember laughing. I don't need help. In my brain, it just, you know, I'm in ICU right. at 22, <laughs> and it still doesn't occur to me that I might have a problem. Yeah. I'm just like, what problem? I just, it was an accident. You know, I mean, I just, I'll be more careful. I'll make sure that the pills <laughs> are what they're supposed to be. And, yeah. But that's how my brain worked even then. It was I don't have a problem. I just made a mistake. You know, the I'm wrong way this time. You know, it was try that someone way. else's fault. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to try this other way to use more successfully so this right. doesn't happen again. Never did it cross my mind not using, Mm-mm. you know, yeah. that, that could even be an answer at 22. And I've seen these young guys get sober, and I'm like, man, that's yeah. tough. I know it's like when, when I get the DUI, and I'm like, well, now I just have to drive in the alleys. Keep pulling this off. And, and so in, but surely all those options get taken away, oh, yeah. too. And then you have to really realize, well, maybe it's the drinking. <laughs> for me, you know, like, I, I, like, I've been hospitalized three times for alcohol poisoning. And that was before the age of 25. And I didn't know anything about any way to get out of it except for maybe do it different or just don't do so much this time or space it out, all these different ways. And it's like it was unchecked behavior that just kept me doing the same thing, going back to the same roads, and the DUIs start coming, the jails and all this stuff. And it's I'd never heard about any type of treatment, all the recovery things that you named off. That was non-existent in my mind. I just thought quitting was you had to do it or you were going to go to jail for however long they decided to lock you up. You know, You have to yeah. decide. Yeah. Am I going to keep out there digging until I dig myself a grave, or or am I going to get sober? Yeah, that rock Clean. bottom. Right. Sometimes it's a long fall, man. I mean, and for me, you know, I was in the military, you know, all these things. I thought I was, I guess I had some bit of pride about myself. That, oh, this can't happen to me. I'm supposed to be strong. I'm supposed to be, you know, resilient. Hyper-resiliency is what they teach in the military, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, here I am, homeless. You know, don't don't know where I'm going to sleep. Don't know I have no food. Nobody, nobody that even would answer the telephone if I called because I knew I was going to call for something because I was so low that it, that's all I would, at that point all I could do was take. And, you know, it took that, it took people like what I see us as today coming and telling me, hey, this is not the way that you have to live. Life can change for you. And getting to see that in other people because, you know, 
we went through that and we're able to share it with like experience, strength, and hope with people to pull them away from that so they don't have to hit those being in the ICUs and all that. Yeah, I know for me, I, when I finally had crossed that line of like, I'm using heroin and I'm using yeah. meth and, you know, I'm, and I thought that I couldn't, I had come to a place where I thought I, there was no hope. You know, yeah. I placed, I crossed yeah. that barrier of, you know, I finally realized, you know, oh, there's something seriously wrong. I can't stop. And, but, you know, I still didn't know how to go about it. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'd like to say that I've never been arrested, but of course I have, <laughs> you know. And it, for me, when I look back on it, thank God I did. Right. You know, because I don't know that I would be where I'm at today without those instances, mm-hmm. all of them. Right. And uh, it, I, I, you know, it's, I'm grateful for the time I did in jail today. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, it that's is wild. That is crazy. It comes in the, like, like a, a resolution for all this almost comes through with in a pair of handcuffs. Or, you know, I still remember the officer's name locked me up. Because when he put the handcuffs on me, I, I, I'd say this is a spiritual experience for me. It's just I felt this just, whew, and I'm sure other people know what I'm talking about. It's like this is finally over. I'm, I'm away from it. And that is just such a, a just a weight lifted off of me. It's ridiculous. And I can almost still feel that. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. I don't know. I'm just, yeah. I, I am too grateful for the people. And you just me. hope to never lose sight of that. You know, I mean, that's what, how it was for me. Like, I made so many excuses. Like, I surrounded myself with people who were worse off than me and then somehow oh, justified yeah. that I wasn't that bad because I wasn't as bad as them. You know, before I started using needles, it was like, I'm, at least I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know, I'm not as bad as this guy or. Whatever it was, and it was always, I got there. Eventually, yeah. I got there. I became the person that I thought I was better than, or, I, you know. And, and then you try to find somebody else that was even lower. Yeah, right, and it's until, like, until it, the day you can't find anybody. It was, yeah, I got to the point where yeah. everyone was better than me. And I'm like, it's like, oh, I'm not as bad as Matt. <laughs> yeah. Don't they say this yeah. is the only disease that we seek out people sicker than us? And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I did that for a long time, you know. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's, it's like, I'm going to find some, and then, and then one day you're just like, man, it, finding people that's doing more than I'm doing is getting tough. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You guys saw, you remember the guys, you remember the, uh, the D.A.R.E. campaign? You know, I don't know what, yeah. y'all are ancient, so, anyways. Oh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, but they had the, the, they had the, uh, uh, the, the faces of meth. And all those different things that people just had, you know. And I was just telling myself, there ain't no way I'll ever be like that. And at this point, I would never thought about, you know, going to jail or anything. And, you know, here we go. Fast forward, 31 now. That's back when I was like 16. And I am, I was that. You know oh, what I'm saying? I mean, you know, I was in the marching band. Yeah, right. Made good grades. Have good parents. You know, it could never happen to me. Right. <laughs> you know, but... The fact of the matter is, addiction doesn't care nope. what your social status is, what kind of grades you make in school, where you come from. It can touch anyone. Mm-hmm. And I think some of that is just that teenage mentality. Yeah. You know, if you just start as early as I think all of us yeah, did, right. that, that uh, you have this mentality that none of that, you know, I'm invincible, mm-hmm. this could never happen to me. Right. And then you cross that line early, and we'll be right back. Hey y'all, did you know it's illegal to own just one guinea pig in Switzerland because they get lonely? Here at Turning Point, we don't want you to ever be lonely either. That's why we're open seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Always feel free to come hang with our friendly staff and don't forget your guinea pig. We're located at 415 Broadway Street, downtown Paducah. I know that for me, like everything that I said as a 
a really young teenager that I would never do. <laughs> you were doing I did. Yeah. I mean, like, one of the first ones was, you know, because I, I am old. And back then, I was like, oh, I'll never do cocaine. By 18, I was selling cocaine, you know, like <laughs> just smashing every little thing that, you know, I will never stoop this low and just continuously did it. The thing was, I had all these little, these lines in the sand, I like to call them. I'm not, I'm not going to do this. And then I do it. And once like, I, ah, once I, once that toe went over the sand, it was never going, going back. Right. No. You know, once I, once I crossed that line, it's like, well, I'm here now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. then it, and then at one point, that was that was fun for us, too. You know, stepping over those lines and doing these things, risky behaviors and whatnot. And then it's, we, we pull, we push so much further, <sighs> give us an inch, we take a mile. Next thing you know, we're trying to get back, and it's just, it's like we can't, you know. That's it. Yeah. I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that, until I've done it all. Yeah. I'm, you know, like, what, Matt, I will never, I, said, I would never smoke crack. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And at one point, that's all you want to do. Right. <laughs> I will. I, I, I smoke crack, but I'll never do meth. Right. Oh, yeah. I'll I've done meth, but I'll never do heroin. I'll never use a needle. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that was the one, like one of the last ones I held on to. And then once you, you use it, you're like, what have I been waiting for? You know, like, mm-hmm. but, and that's and such a sickness. Like, that becomes an addiction in and of itself, you know. But, it's, you know, what do you tell somebody that, you, you know, that you're trying to help, like, how do you tell them that you have to hit the rock bottom? If, if they're not ready to change, there's there's nothing you can do but wait, right? You know? Yeah. Uh, I think it goes to, you know, you just plant them those seeds mm-hmm. in, in, of recovery. You know? <laughs> I remember when I, the first time I went to treatment, I'm, I'm just fresh <laughs> off the street. I walk into rehab. People are sh- shaking my hand, hugging me, laughing, having a good time. I, I was like, you. I'm like, you. what are these people? What are they giving everybody here that everybody's <laughs> in such a great mood? Because yeah. I was not. No. You know, I was not happy to be at rehab. I was sent there by the Department of Corrections. Uh, it was not my decision. Uh, but I learned a lot. Now, I had a relapse on down the road, and I may have not been ready then, mm-hmm. but when I relapsed, all that stuff was still programmed in my brain, and it, it just—I always tell tell people all the time: if if you're not ready, you don't want to go to a whole lot of support meetings because yeah. it will ruin every yeah. every buzz you get <laughs> from then on out. Oh man, that is the truth. Okay. Yeah, I know. For me, when I was being forced to go early on, I, nothing made me want to use more than to go into support. <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. Uh, I get it. But yeah, exactly. Like that's that is the truth. Like as I start to work with sponsees and stuff, and it's like you you don't know right away if they even want this or what. But all I can do is try to. I I feel like I'm better at leading by example than yes. like preaching at them. You know, like look, I'm happy, I'm healthy. This is what it's taken for mm-hmm. me to do that. And like I said, so there's all different forms of recovery. Whatever works for you, that's awesome. For me, I work the AA program, and and personally, my relationship with God is what's kept me sober today. So I know, but it's different for everybody. And you know, you, I, I don't, I tell them I'm, I'm not going to be a big book thumper. I'm not going right. to force God down your throat. I'm going to be here to encourage, support you, try to motivate you. And if at some point you are ready to try this, I'll be right there, right. willing to help you in every way I can. You mm-hmm. know, that that's probably one of the most just from my personal experience, is the most effective things. Like you said, leading by example and being there. Because when I came in, like, when you get to treatment, we went to the same treatment facility, mm-hmm. you get there, it's just you're surrounded by hope that there is a way out of the misery that you're feeling. And coming in, a person like me, man, I was alone until, you know, unless I was locked up, 
But in here, I was alone. Right. And I get to treatment, and people tell me they love me. And they are shining examples, the happiness, the joys, and the free they talk about you're going to feel. I didn't believe none of that when I first until I, until I saw it. And then, you know, practice makes perfect. I keep doing these things, keep accepting love from people, and now I'm able to pull – well, no, not able to pull myself out. Other people put the cables on me and help me get up out of that rock bottom. I, I know my first – my very first AA meeting I still remember. And uh, – <laughs> My PO made me go, you know, and I'm sitting in there and I'm thinking, these people have to be, they're, they're, <laughs> full of crap, you know, yeah. I mean, they're using, they're just, yeah. they're just, everybody's pretended, you know, cause you know, I had pretended to be, be clean several times for the yeah. sake of parents, jobs, yeah. whatever. And I was like, everybody, they've just, they've, just, what they're doing, they've just found a way to use successfully mm, is what it yeah. is. And, you know, so that yeah. was the, the golden ticket <laughs> I was looking for when I first sat in there was how can I use successfully? How can I, how can I keep my job, my parents off my back and <laughs> still, happy. and still use drugs and be happy. But <laughs> what I found out is that yeah, is the, the uh, unicorn in the room that does not exist for a guy like me. <laughs> So, but uh, <laughs> I still, I was like, these people are lying. Because I right. was a liar, though. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. I didn't even know what the chips were my first AA meeting. It was just, there was these chips, and I was like, what? what Doritos? Well, <laughs> <laughs> those little white chips, I'm like, what is this stuff? Like, I didn't know nothing about all that stuff, but it seemed yeah. like, at first I thought, like, cult. We're being completely honest. I thought these people were crazy. You know, but it stuck. Yeah. Well, they like to say, like, this is like when you're going through treatment, you're like, this is like brainwashing because they beat that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody, I think sometimes. I needed a good brainwash. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to beat this stuff into me right, before I'm ever going to grasp a hold right. of it and, and yeah, remember it. Living your life like I was, brainwashing probably is yeah, not the worst thing that yes. could happen. <laughs> no, no. It could no, be much worse. Definitely not. <laughs> but, uh, you know, go back to. My rock bottom definitely was the day that I took to, uh, checked into the treatment. You know, when when I could not, I was so sick. I would try to use, and I would just get it didn't do anything. Right. I was just still sick, and uh, I had planned on, of course, I had planned on driving myself to treatment <laughs> that day. <laughs> Thank God that didn't work out, and uh, <clears throat> I ended up my mom had to give me a ride down to treatment. I was in the back seat, just, just mm, in a mess, mm. but the. Uh, Today I'm grateful for that mess, you know. And for so long I thought I was just hurting myself, you know. Yeah, I'm just hurting me. That's the lie, yeah. (laughs) You know, but I didn't realize that I was hurting my mom and my brother and my sister and my dad and my nieces and my nephews and any other person that cared about me. The ripple effect from that you don't even think about was also hurting because because of. You know, they care about you. They hate seeing that stuff. See, I didn't care about me, so I didn't think anybody else did either. So, you know, I didn't see the big picture of of what that destruction was doing to everyone's life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, today I I love my family, and, you know, they're very supportive of my recovery. And um, it's just, you know, I don't – that's a big motivator too. You know, I got sober for me, but it's it's staying – it helps to stay sober when, you know, you got people in your corner. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, cheering you on. Absolutely. And I, for, for me, my I, I can't just straight describe my rock bottom. It was just the – it wasn't like I got sick or anything like that. I didn't get hospitalized. It was just my life had just become garbage. You know, like at, at one point 
I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that where you're sitting there and it's, I remember sitting on the couch in the house, you know, I was an IV user, so that's all we were doing. And asking myself, is this what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life? And it was like I accepted just that, that way of life as it was just normal and that's what I was supposed to be doing. And I remember just walking around feeling just sad and I didn't really have nowhere to go because people got tired of me being there because I'd sit there on their couch and just stay because I had nowhere else to be. And that's a miserable feeling when nobody wants you around. And I didn't want to be around myself, really. And um, like I said, just whenever I got arrested, I didn't even know why at the time. I just happened to get arrested for something I'd done before, had a warrant or something. Those people don't realize what they snatched me out of. And, like, I, I wish I could meet up with the police officer that arrested me so I could thank him. You know what I mean? Like, that gratitude you talk about, just being, being able to be away from that and, you know, sit on, on that. Backs on the, on the front side of it, of what I see now, I'm glad that happened. I, I can't I can't take that back because now I can use that. Not only I can use that experience, strength, and hope part of my story is being like you know, this is what led me to getting away from my rock bottom. You know, and I know about the thing I know about addiction. Having a couple of relapses underneath my belt is that you know wherever I have dug to, when I, if I go back out there, I'm starting. Right at where I left yeah, off. Exactly. That's the scariest part. You know, and I know what shape I was in when I when I got to treatment this last time. And I'm like, mm. if I go back out there. Then it can happen to anybody, too. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's if, you know, because like when I went back out there last time, I started exactly where I left off. I've, within three months, I was couch surfing, lost my, well, quit my job because, right. you know, it was getting in the way of using. Oh, of course. And, uh. Running around, doing all kinds of craziness, and just miserable. In three months, and then I was in that shape, checking myself into into treatment. So I'm thinking, if I go back out there and I start off there, yeah, then it's you know might not be no coming back. Might as well just start throwing the dirt on top of the hole because absolutely. it's it's over. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. For me, it was kind of a combo of both. I ended up in the hospital, but I had been sick and tired and spiritually dead for years and wanted a way out. I wanted just that magical, you know, cure, the wand. <laughs> I'm, I'm sober in my life and I'm happy, you yeah. know. But the truth is, you know, once you get to the point of being actually willing to do something about it, it requires you putting forth action and effort. And, uh, you know, I realized that I wanted all these things for my life, but I was never willing, I wasn't doing anything about it, mm -hmm. you know, except making it worse and worse. And But it was ending up in the hospital. I've almost drank myself to death after kicking heroin on my own in the middle of COVID, you know, because I lost my jobs that, you know, I was like, you know what, if I'm going to actually live and I didn't have the, you know, courage to off myself, so I was like, I better do something about this. Yeah. You know, I better start making a change. And and when I went to recovery, I, I didn't want to be there. I wasn't happy that I, my life had gotten me there. I, I, I still didn't even know if I was ready to take advantage of the yeah. opportunity there. But through that process, actually through coming in and having people tell me they love me and seeing that they're, <laughs> you know, sobriety could be fun, you know, yeah. laughing again for the first time, seeing those brothers in there, the people who are actually trying to change their life. Man. And that was the huge, like, little bit of encouragement I needed right at that moment to realize, okay, I can be happy and have a yeah. life after this, you know. I was talking to a guy when I was at, I was up at the treatment center earlier today working and yeah. for a little bit, you know, doing some outreach. And I was talking to a guy, and it was his second time, you know, in treatment there. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I'm not very happy. I was like, look, man, uh, when I went through for a second time in the same treatment center, I was grateful. Happy came much, much yeah. later. I was very grateful to be there. But happy about being there? Yeah. I, was I was mad at myself. Mad at the disease, mm -hmm. mad at everybody, you know, because 
I'm back in treatment again. I, if, I think it'd be hard for me to have to go back to treatment and be happy about it yeah. right off. The, I could be grateful without being happy. Mm-hmm. That's what I have found yeah. out. And uh, that's what I told him. I was like, look, man, just be grateful that you made it back because mm-hmm. not everybody mm-hmm. does. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing too, boy. Yeah. That's the truth. Being grateful is a huge part of this, man. That's one thing I like. I start every day with my gratitude list and just remembering that I'm glad for where I'm at, what I have, you know, and don't want to go back to where I was before. Yeah. You know? Life can humble you real quick. Yeah. You know, for sure. And, you know, we were talking about it a little bit earlier. I get to do fun stuff today. Uh, you know, that yeah. is, you know, the benefits of, of, of sobriety, and I call it like, the, you know, the fringe benefits of sobriety mm. or <laughs> cleaning it, whatever your word is, is that I get to have real fun with real friends and I get to remember it all. Yeah. I went to a concert last week and I'm sitting there and I'm yeah. looking at a lot of the people in the audience and I'm like, these people aren't going to remember anything <laughs> about tomorrow. Yeah. And, uh, I seen a guy get rolled out in a wheelchair, and, you know, I, I was just sitting there, and I, I found a whole lot of gratitude in the fact that I remember every bit of that concert. Mm-hmm. I woke up the next morning w- without any type of headache. Uh, couldn't hear real, real well for a little <laughs> while, but that that was worth it. And uh, But, I mean, I get to remember those, these memories. You know, when I think back to my 20s, I, I mean, it's spotty still to this day. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, the, especially with the timeline of when stuff happened, and like it could have been twenty eight, it could have been twenty two. I don't really know. It's just a big blur. Right. Yeah. And uh, today, my memories get to—I get to remember them. Mm-hmm. You know, all those good times that, uh, and people actually want to be around me. I was just about to say that. Like, part of that's just—I'm getting included in things. People actually <laughs> want to be my friend. <laughs> you know, I might not be the best friend at times, but at least I can be present. You know what I mean? I can be here, and I, you know, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's good to be able to have, and you know. I like not having to wake up the next day and say sorry for everything. My God, I used to be that guy that I'd come off a bender and I'd wake up not remembering what what I'd done the night before, and everybody's mad at me. Nobody wants to be around me, and I'm just like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know what I did. Yeah. <laughs> just full of crap, you know. Yeah. yeah, that's another one of the great things about working here at Turning Point, like putting on these events that we yeah, do, man. doing fun stuff, going to Six Flags, going hiking, going bowling. <laughs> Sam attempting to win against me, <laughs> you know. And every now and then we invite Nathan. Yeah. Uh, you know. Present. Uh, all of We're going roller skating here in a couple of weeks. You know, like, I, I enjoy that part of it. I like to stay busy. And I having fun in recovery is huge for me. And I'm glad that I work here and I can be a part of that. But the whole community is welcome to attend these things, Absolutely. you know. Absolutely. I know. I can't remember. I enjoy bowling today. And I enjoyed it when I was younger. But it, it had been... 20 something years oh, yeah. since, I shows. Went, <laughs> <laughs> since I've been bowling and uh today I'm I mean it's it's fun you know and I, I think we we go every week yeah. you know yeah. and Nathan comes about every three to four weeks a month right. Right. yeah you know, now he's I'm been here. twice back around <laughs> I have not the morning I think like seven maybe I'm still no good at it though but it, it's it's cool that it, it's cool that Compared to where we've come from, oh, the yeah. bowling back then when I was when I was doing the things I was doing, I don't bowling. They let me get high there, you know. No. None, none of that, you know. Wasn't happening. No, nope. because any dollar that I had extra was not <laughs> going sure. to have right. any type no. type yeah. of, of of extracurricular activity. It was no. it was all going in my arm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's so cool. To, it's cool to think things like that, like going walking in the woods, like Matt likes to do, and climbing rocks. It's something that I would actually enjoy. Who would have thunk it? Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, sobriety is 
I didn't think it would be fun at first. I didn't, you know, because it didn't include getting high. But now, after living it and doing it, it just gets better and better every day. Nope. Yeah, I thought I would be bored, and I am anything but bored. Absolutely. You know, I, I stay busy having fun, and like I said, I'm happier than I've ever been, for real. Most certainly. Yeah. And, but I'm glad that you guys sat in here, and we got to talk about this. I'm glad that you both hit rock bottom, you know? Right. <laughs> so that, Thanks, you know, bro. So that, no, I'm serious. <laughs> no, like, I'm isn't that weird that I'm grateful that we've all hit rock bottom so that we could be here today and yeah. be friends and brothers and uh, – you know, who would ever thought help we'd other be people. Microphone talking about it. You know? Well, I know that when when I was sitting in treatment not too long ago, and you know, we were all at, we, we for those that for the people out there that don't know, we all went to treatment <laughs> and we're in treatment together yeah. during COVID. And uh, today we're we get to do fun stuff like this. So it's just uh, it's amazing to me every day that how much uh, how many blessings I have in my life and how great wow. my life is. It's yeah, just man. it's uh, you know and how far. It has changed from just, and it's such a short period of time. Man. You know, uh, two years. Is that a two years? Two, for you? Yeah, two, two years. over two years for me. Yeah, yeah, just over eighteen yeah, months. I just hit two years myself, and that's just a tiny measure of time compared to the rest of the life that we get to have. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I no longer have to spend it to chasing stuff or checking myself into rehab. Starting over. Yeah. Yeah, trying to make new friends because my <laughs> I just yeah, ruined all my relationships, no <laughs> right? Or trying to manipulate people out of something that I need to, to get a fix, and just that whole whole mess is just, one thing I can say about recovery is it was if I had known how wonderful it had been, maybe I would have started sooner. But yeah. that's probably a lie. I would have yeah. still had to, you know, it takes what it takes for each one. Right bottom, man. I know. I, I would have still thought I was missing out on something. But oh, now I've done everything and a lot of things I wish I hadn't done. Now I'm not missing out on anything. You know? Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> I can get down with that. All right, guys. Well, awesome. We're going to end this today. Hopefully you'll tune in uh, sometime again soon for our next one here at Crosstalk Recovery. We love y'all. Love y'all. Remember to like and share. Yes, please. <laughs> Uh, and today we're going to talk about rock bottom. And uh, I'm not talking about your gym goal, Sam. <laughs> I guess we're talking about your bowling score then. <laughs> <That's a good> <laughs> if you or someone you know is struggling with addiction or in recovery and needs guidance, speak with Turning Point's team of peer support specialists by calling 270 You are not alone, and we are proof that recovery is possible.